Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Hey, it's your old pal Fitzy from Six Rings and Football Things. This NFL offseason, no days off. In fact, we can fit 25 hours in a day. That's because podcasts make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task you got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores, do your job, and be entertained at the same time. It's all about the New England Patriots, the news, insight, analysis, and laughs on demand so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow Six Rings and Football Things in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the bye week, and this is Six Rings and Football Things, not the Cadillac's Crucial Clashes edition, because, well, there's no clashes this week unless you no believe clashes. your quarterback, your coach, and your owner are all clashing each other. Uh, like There's the, one uh, crucial Spider-Man. clash this week, and it's the the fact that they're all pointing at each other like Spider-Man saying, no, it's yep. your fault, no, it's your fault, no, it's your fault. Or it could be crucial crashes, and it's just the yeah. dynasty crashing into the earth and yes. creating a crater in Foxborough. I am Andy Hart. He is Mike Cadillac, weei.com So in this bye week, as the Patriots are on their little um, mini vacation, mini break, I guess my one of my newfound favorite players, Jelani Tavai, is going to hit up Disney for the, uh, yes. the bye week. Says he's a Disney guy, never been, so... He'll enjoy that, I'm sure. It's the happiest place on earth. Why not? And you know, if you want to get rid of get rid of all that ails you in a two and eight football season, go to Disney. Yeah. And until you read the bill, you'll be happy and everything will be fun and great. Yeah, but even he, he's a professional fall player, just signed That's a true. new two year extension last That's year. He, he can afford Disney World. Little side note about Disney: When I went with the family a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, they do that wristband thing where you can charge everything to like your little yeah, plastic yeah. the magic watch. band. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Great. Until like day two, when the lady at the front desk was like, could you please see us? And I'm like, oh, I was like, <laughs> if that credit card's maxed out, we are porked because that's, that's got like hilarious. a $20,000 limit. And she's like, no, we just we just warn you every time you go over. I forgot what it was like a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred bucks. And but I was like, you, that can't be maxed out. The credit card I was going to say two yet. two high schoolers running rampant around Disney World with magic bands on is no bueno for Mr. Yeah, and Mrs. No, I mean, because you do those things. They can add up. Yeah. Quick. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But yes, Jelani Tavai, he's going to be happy. Bill Belichick, I don't know, is he ever happy? Is he looking for his next job? Maybe that makes him happy. So let's start there, Mike Cadley, because we are going to do a State of the Union version look at the Patriots at 2-8 and eight through 10 games. Yep. Last place in the AFC, 
third overall pick, maybe going to be battling the Giants post by for that uh, top of the draft type slotting. But let's start with the news of the week, as we always do here, when even when we do the clashes. So the news of the week, I would say, is twofold. And we know that any great NFL team generally has two key factors, coach and quarterback. Forever, the Patriots had the best coach and the best quarterback. Yep. Now, easy. they certainly don't have the best quarterback. They have Mac Jones, who everyone knows bottomed out on that throw in Germany when he was benched one score game with minutes to go. Something Mike Cadlick called a fireable offense for the other part of this equation, the head coach, Bill Belichick. So I want to start with, let's start with Mac because you were at Gillette. Patriots mm -hmm. held one practice. It appeared to me from afar, like they gave you guys a little larger window into team offense, more than just like stretching and positional drills. Yep. And in that, window you saw mac jones with david andrews and whatever you want to call that group i know we get in trouble in training camp if we call them starters or first unit yeah. but he was with david andrews david andrews is the captain and played every snap all season long so i would call that the first team what do you make of that because i think a lot of people were already expecting someone else to start against the giants which spoiler alert i'm still expecting somebody else to start against the giants this spoiler alert same <laughs> This felt like a, I just get this cliche wrong, a dog and pony show, horse and pony show, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Um, this reminded me of back in the day when there was questions about Julian Edelman and, and Rob Gronkowski, and they were on the field together stretching and high-fiving each other in front of the cameras. Yeah. Um, what did you make of Mac Jones being with the quote-unquote ones? I think it's what you just said. It's for show. I think they... They don't want to blow this thing up out of proportion. I think it, it's the same as what they did on Tuesday on our Patriots Monday on WEI, where they just sent Mac to the quarterback thing because, well, he was the starter last week and he's been the starter all year. Although he's not the starter, why are we going to send Zappy to the interview and why are we going to show anybody that Zappy's behind center with Andrews because it's the bye week. And so right. I think you're right. I think it is posturing. I think them putting him out there for what we saw yesterday, which was – I want to call it we saw 10 to 12 offensive reps and they were split equally between Mac, Zappi and Will Greer, but the notable part was the offensive line like you mentioned. David Andrews was with Mac, I believe James Ference was with Zappi and then I think they went to like a mixture of Jake Andrews and whatever with Will Greer. And so um the the notable part was Mac was the quote unquote starter to start practice uh yesterday. So what does it mean? It means they're giving us something to write about so we don't keep questioning it all freaking week. And everybody's headlines yesterday, including mine on WEI.com, you can go check that out, was that Mac Jones was the starter from the loan practice on Wednesday. It was just a tune-up. I'm sure they weren't out there long. I'm sure they I'm sure they haven't told the quarterbacks. Maybe they have, but I, don't, I have a hard time thinking that they actually know who's going to start come Giants week, which to me, I think that's kind of stupid. I think you need to name your starter. I think you need to know what's going to go on. I know that they don't play for another 10 days now or something like that, but get Zappy ready. Let Mac know that he's done and uh, get Will Greer ready to be a backup and potentially have to start as well. So start the mindset. I think they should probably tell them whether they have, we don't know, but um, yeah, at the end of the day, I think it was, it was posturing. It was just to give us some sort of, uh, I guess to not, get the media cycle going any more than it already has been around this team to just show us that, okay, Mac's still the guy for now. Yeah, so 
I want to add one little nugget, which I don't know if it's a nugget or not. It's something that I just noted. They put out the entire media schedule for the bye week and the post bye week, and they mm-hmm. do not include that players will talk next week, press conferences, that thing. But generally, it says like three players, including Hunter Henry and Mac Jones. None of that yeah. was listed, which I think is intentional because I don't think PR mm-hmm. knows who's talking next week at the podium where generally the starting quarterback talks. Um, I also think I don't believe they've told any of the quarterbacks anything. I believe Bill Belichick loves to live in uncertainty with his football team, his players, his coaches, everybody. It's um, ridiculous. And, you know, he's not in his world. I think he doesn't believe he'll do a disservice because it's the bye week. Like whoever's starting will get the reps come next week when it is a game preparation week, the traditional build up to a game. And you just said that it sounds like you believe it can and will be. Bailey Zappi, is that accurate? Yeah, that's that's my opinion. I think what they did to Mac and the way they did that uh, last Sunday, I just feel like it's hard to then shove him back into the fold and be like, oh, no, you're fine, even though we didn't trust you for the last drive and we publicly humiliated you not only in front of America but in front of the entire world in Germany. Um, no, walk back out there. No, I think I think it's done for him. I think if if Bill Belichick is, I guess, smart, which I don't know if he is at this point in his career, but you know, if he's, if he's going to do, you know, what makes sense in this sort of line of what's gone on so far, I think you have to put Zappy out there. I think you have to change the quarterback after what you did in Germany. Okay. And, and this is going to be the talking point until we see the giants game, see who goes out there, takes the first snap, hell who takes the last snap. Cause who knows how the game evolves right. against the giants. Um, that could be a display of pretty piss poor quarterback play from both teams as they battle for a top pick. What do you think? Andy, I so there's part of me that has been on the Will Greer, the devil I don't know bandwagon. But then Mm. I look at Will Greer's career and I'm like, he's older than Patrick Mahomes. When he did start five years ago, he sucked. And I know he had the Dallas third preseason game, but like as a whatever six year veteran, you should probably Mm. do really well against what my old friend Paul Perlow says are guys that are going to be working at Johnny's car wash the following week. Um, yeah, right. I I don't want Mac. I think Zappy stinks. Cunningham, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm still not sure if he's even a quarterback. I don't. You can't start Malik Cunningham. Yeah. So <laughs> I think by process of elimination for me, it's Will Greer. And I fully admit mm-hmm. that a quarter in, I might be like, wow, Will Greer is worse than Zappy. These guys all suck. I hate watching all yeah. of this kind of thing. Um, it's terrible. yeah. I think they'll start Zappy. I want them to st- or I think they should start Will Greer. That's kind of where I'm like. I don't think they'll put Greer in yet, but I think that we've seen enough from Mac and Zappy as to where you're right. The devil I don't know. Yeah. Throw Will Greer out there. See what happens. You got seven games left. The wins and losses don't matter anymore, which we'll get to in the, the state of the Patriots. But uh yeah, so I mean give the kid a shot, right? And then the the other aspect I keep throwing in, it's not ridiculous. I, I agree with everything you said about Mac. You kind of cut him off at the knees. You kind of ended it. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. believe that even ex players that we've heard in the media are like, wow, you, that, that was the end. You, you can't put him back that thing. But then you also realize he's the only quarterback on the roster who hasn't been cut this year. The rest you put out there and didn't give a rat's ass about. You just said anyone who wants these guys, Bailey Zappi, you want him, you take him. All of them have been available for anybody right. to take. Now, obviously <laughs> there were no takers cause they're not that good. Um, so, if you're really putting your best 11 out there, haven't you told the world all year long 
that Mac Jones is the best quarterback you have, whether, whether he sucks yeah. or not, whether he's broken or not. And, you know, Curran said this on TV when I did TV with him, like he did go 15 of 20. He did get you in the red zone multiple times in order to throw hellaciously bad passes toward the right. Colts. Like, I just, I, I don't know. It, it's a terrible situation. They've mismanaged it. We knew they mismanaged it in Vegas when Malik Cunningham was the backup and everything they did there. Like Bill Belichick said of the Colts pre Andrew Luck draft pick when Manning got hurt, that they were irresponsible in the way they handled the quarterback position. I think his word could be used to describe these Patriots. I think there's been an irresponsible manager. Bill Belichick said that? Oh, yeah. He called it irresponsible. Well, I don't remember that. Because remember wow. they – they had like Curtis Painter. Then they signed yeah. what's his the old Whitehurst, uh, right? Yeah, it was Charlie like a, it was a debacle. I think this yeah. has been as irresponsible or more so, or actually more irresponsible, oh, yeah. probably. Um, so I don't have a definitive answer. I can tell you this: the quarterback that starts against the Giants will not be a good quarterback. That's the only thing I can definitively say. He will That's not fair. be good. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the quarterback part of it. What about the coaching part of it? Because we had, I want to be careful here. The Dan Orlovsky um, conjecture, report, rumor mongering, passing on of hearsay. He was talking. Yeah. Dan O was Every just day. talking like he does. So, yeah. But this is like the third um, log on the, the fire of Bill Belichick's departure. It was Florio. Oh, there's already word that the Washington team's going to trade for him. Then there was the really loose Diana Rossini. Like, I'm hearing that people are pre predicting a parting of the ways, a mutual parting of the ways. Then Orlovsky says, yeah, I'm hearing a lot of that. And I'm actually hearing that the landing spot has already been decided. Yep. So do you believe this? Is this just rumor? Do you believe there is smoke attached from a fire here? And what do you make of all this? Because I think it's, I think it's awful. Like I wrote this on the website. If I'm a player, mm -hmm. I would be so lost, like confused, mm -hmm. like, we have seven games left and you're going to stand up there and tell me I need to do X, Y, and Z. And I need to be a professional and I need to put it on the lot. And you're already maybe have another job lined up somewhere else. Right. I don't know how I could take Bill Belichick seriously. And it almost doesn't matter whether it's true or not. Cause we know the players are all over social media. We know they know all this stuff. They don't ignore the noise. They hear it. Oh no, they hear it. And if yeah. you're a player and you're like, wait a minute, Florio said it, Rossini, like all these names that I'm familiar with are saying Bill's already gone, Bill's already got a new job lined up. I think they have a major problem there. So what's your spin on this whole Belichick could be elsewhere and already has it lined up thing? Yeah, I agree. Um, I have a, I guess I have a lot of thoughts on it because, we, you know, Peter King as well said something. Uh, Albert Breer said that it's been talked in league circles for over a year now. So like, this is not just... This isn't just Dan Orlovsky who says he's not a reporter, just throwing stuff onto the Pat McAfee show. Right. It's much more than that. Right. And so I do. I think the strings are already being pulled behind the scenes. I think Belichick is gone. I don't think he's going to be here next season. Um, I think I don't know if he already has his next destination completely planned out, but I think he has ideas. Um, I think the talks have already almost definitely happened because these wouldn't these prominent trustworthy NFL insiders and reporters wouldn't just float this. And it was one thing when it was Florio, which we talked about it a few weeks ago yep. during commander's week, because even Florio says it himself. I'm not really a reporter. I just hear things and I try and make sense of them. But when it comes from Rossini and it comes from Peter King, these all these people are plugged in. So they know what they're talking about. 
Having said that, the effect on the locker room, I think, is major. I'm completely with you. And I read your read your thing yesterday about Belichick now has a credibility problem because he's supposed to go up there and say, week by week, best for the football team. Let's go get a win. I'm locked in here. I love my job here. All this stuff that he says. And clearly, he already is looking way past, not only next week, but way past week 17 and beyond. And so... It's tough. It's got to be tough for, you know, guys like you mentioned, like a Kyle Duggar who's in a contract year and trying to get his. And even Trent Brown and Josh Uche were even like Mac Jones, right? Who Bill Belichick is sitting there, you know, uh, embarrassing him on national TV. And he's like, dude, you're just as checked out as I am. You're just as bad as I am at this point. Like this season's done. And so uh, they're in a bad spot. And it they're, they're two and eight. Everybody's checked out. As much as Jelani Tavai, and I commend him for it, and he's one of my um, – I was very wrong on him last season. I thought that he was going to be cut in training camp. I thought he couldn't play, and he has completely, like, blown me away in that regard, not only on the field but off the field, the way he talks, the way he speaks. And yesterday in the locker room, he said, like, look, I, I don't – like, we're all still locked in, and yeah, and they have to say that. They're not going to sit in the locker room and say, oh, yeah, we're thank God the bye week's here because we stink and we got to come back right. and we're – but, like – Still, no, it's 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 hard for them not to be checked out. And I, I think you're right. I think with Belichick now checked out as well, um, th- there's a real chance that this continues to spiral and leaks continue to come out and we keep hearing more things. Uh, Andrew Callahan yesterday reporting that the locker room's out on Mac. And these are the things that never happened here when it was lock and key. Everybody's in lockstep. We're winning football games. And now it's like everybody's loose-lipped and it's only going to get worse from here. That That's what I feel. And I think that Belichick, the one who always wants to keep it lock and key, and he's always been, this is the locker room, everything stays in, is now doing things that are rumor-mongering and letting everything get out. So it's it's a credibility problem, and it's hypocritical from the top down. Well, I've always thought there's been a hypocrisy to Bill Belichick's program. Ever, and I thought the always the, the classic example was no one knows about my contract. No one knows how much money I make, but you need to take a pay cut. Oh, wait, right. You can be the highest paid coach in football. You can look out for yourself and make sure you are making more than Sean Payton and Pete Carroll, but I'm not yep. supposed to be the highest paid receiver in football. How is that fair? And like, I always right. thought that was one of his great um, power moves or whatever was keeping his contract so tight lipped. Cause I think he realized the hypocrisy of it all and the, the, the course he was setting one, right. one final question here before we get into your mid season state of the Patriots, we didn't talk about the third critical aspect of a team, which is the owner. The, mm-hmm. You saw the owner in the locker room the other day. And I would, I would like to get your thought on the owner's um, role in all of this because there are some that believe the owner has been very uh, tied in with the quarterback. He said publicly, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. Some people think he pushed for the draft pick maybe back in 21. But also in regards to Belichick. So let's just go with the Orlovsky thing. Like there's been some sort of discussions where Belichick is next year. Are those mm-hmm. Belichick discussions or are those craft discussions? Because it's been pretty much Loctite reported that Bill's under contract for next year. So if I'm Robert Kraft and I am not maneuvering behind the scenes, if I haven't done a deal with Washington, you know, we'll trade you Bill as soon as the season ends. If I'm just reading that Bill already has a new home, I say, well, I don't say this because I'm old and I don't think you mess with karma over my dead body. Like, 
Yeah. Whoa, 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 Bill. Um, no, no, no. You're under contract. So I would, I said, I would suspend him. If I had no talks with anybody and I heard these reports, I would suspend Bill Belichick. I would treat him like JC Jackson and I would say, go the F home and we'll figure this out later. So where do you think Robert lies in all this Belichick, Mac, future of the franchise stuff? That's a good point about Robert. Like if he, if he is hearing this and he is not tied into it, right. What the heck are you doing under my nose in my building right. in this place? Yeah. So with that being said, I think Robert's involved. <laughs> I think that they have this thing. I think they're still in lockstep and they might realize that it's the end and we've worked together. We've had a working relationship and whatever. And let's find your new destination. Let's make this peaceful for the sake of what we've built here with us two and Tom over the last 20 years. And let's make this as peaceful as possible because as bad as it is now, we did have some good. And so that's why I think that Robert might be in the building. We saw him yesterday or two days ago. He was there yesterday as well. Um, interesting that he does it during media portions. I heard Jones and Mego talking about that. Yep. And Mego was saying that they, you know, they allot 45 minutes and she's been down here before. And so um, just that, it's interesting that they trot him out there when we're there and we can then report it. And so he knows what he's doing. They all know what, what's going on here. Um, but no, I think Robert's probably involved if, if that's the case, because I think he would be pretty, pretty upset if, if all of a sudden these things are coming and it's like, well, what the hell what, you, you are under contract. So I think the floating of the contract was probably at this point, a mixture of Belichick and Kraft kind of letting it be known. And so, it, it's just unraveling in front of them, which it's, it's crazy. It's, it really is insane to me. And I've said it probably the last three or four weeks on this show that this is the Patriots we're talking about in 2023 because of how, again, of how tight lipped and how in lockstep and how we do it better and different than everybody, every other franchise and the Patriot way. And we're professional and we win championships. It is all completely unraveling in front of not only our eyes, but their eyes as well. So um, to answer your question, I think Bel Robert's probably involved and they're going to get this thing done and there's no imminent suspension because he and Bill are on the same page that it's over. Let's find you a new home. Um, it's interesting that you bring up like you're surprised that this is the way the Patriots look and like they were once so airtight and great. Well, mm -hmm. I would say very simply a simple phrase. Losing is undefeated. When losing hits, it's like water. Oh, yeah. It's like water. You know, yeah. they say like water can't be stopped, like the power of water, like flooding yeah. and the Grand Canyon. That was a Brady thing for a while. He did like be water, my friend, yeah. or whatever that. Yeah. Losing is undefeated. When you lose, it tears, it wipes out everything in its path. Like yeah. it, it's just any level, it, like bad things pop up. With yeah. It seeps into yep. everything. Just yep. like winning cures all, losing ruins all. And losing mm -hmm. is ruining the Patriots. Last real quick, I did want to get you on the record, and I don't need a long explanation necessarily. Okay. Where will Bill Belichick be next year? The Chargers. That seems to be the Gary Myers. I know he had the long tweets, which, by yeah. the way, Gary, it's Twitter. What are we doing with the long tweets? Send me to a blog, get some clicks for somebody, whatever. Yeah, right. Um, they make the most sense on paper. And I don't care about yeah. Bill likes the beach. Like, it's a team that is Brady like in that it could be ready to win. You have just they're ready to win talent. They have a top five quarterback. Right. Yeah. And and on both sides of the ball, great players on defense. Like you don't think Bill would love to work with Derwin James and like as the Swiss Army knife in that defense, those types of guys. So yeah. I, and I think and I think, and I know you didn't want the long explanation. Okay. We'll get to this. I kind of started it. Go ahead. No, just Josh McDaniels 
is a free agent. Mm -hmm. Josh McDaniels is good at working with quarterbacks. I don't care what anybody says about him as a head coach. He stinks as a head coach and he can't gravitate. But under Bill Belichick, he's still a good offensive play caller. He's still a good guy to get quarterbacks going. So Kellen Moore leaves, probably takes a head coaching job elsewhere when Brandon Staley gets fired. Yep. Um, and then you get Josh in there to work with Justin Herbert, and then you go win a Super Bowl. And Josh gets to like maybe beat the Raiders twice a year with Bill as yeah. the boy, like, yeah, yeah, who's who's kicking who? So so that's interesting because Robert and company and ownership then becomes the if if for whatever reason Belichick leaves and succeeds and they go in a Super Bowl in LA, how bad does Robert look to let them both go and then they both go in a Super Bowl elsewhere? But when they could have just been here through 2023 whatever year it is now but not as bad and i know a lot of people are on like the cowboys are a possibility i don't think robert would let jerry jones win with bill belichick i fair i don't I, and i know some people are like oh that's the nfc though maybe well that also makes it easier because the nfc is the inferior conference at least on paper um right so that's why i put the chargers ahead of someplace like dallas because i think robert has always had this frenemy thing with the jones family and i don't think he wants yep. them to get back in sort of the uh dynasty greatness world of Super Bowl America's team yeah type with Bill thing. Belichick yeah. pulling the strings so oh. everyone's fans looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team follow the skate pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin Brian DeFelice and me Bridget Prue get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers we're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week for analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players listen to the skate pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts Okay, so let's get to it. It only took us 20-something minutes to get to the meat of this podcast. Yep. State of the Patriots, you posted it on WEEI. We're actually going to kind of blend two bi-week stories you have there. You graded each position group. Um, mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, if you were a parent, you'd be upset about a lot of the grading. Yes. You'd be having conversations with your child about a lot of things. Um, to start with, would be coming. What's that? Detention would be coming oh, for whoever. Grounding, detention. Is. There'd be a lot yeah. of you know, lots of conference parent teacher conferences, lots of different things oh, yeah. going on. So the Patriots are two and eight. The Patriots currently, I believe this is still true, have the third pick slotted for next year's NFL yep. draft, which some of us are excited about. That could make for an interesting winter and lead up to April's draft. The Patriots stink. The Patriots are the worst team in the AFC. We just talked about it. Are looking for a quarterback, a coach, a GM. They're look. They're trying to pull off something that I'm not sure too many teams have done successfully. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, Houston's really good. That's what you want to do." Yeah, Houston's been bad for five years. They've been the right. stock of the NFL. This has not really been a quick turnaround, even though it feels like it this year. So, you take this is your blog posting. Tell me where you want to take this sort of midseason assessment of the Patriots. Sure. So. To call it a little, little bit of inside baseball here and how this whole thing started last year when I was reporting on the Patriots and they were like five and four at the bye week, I think. And okay. so I was like, all right, let's. And it was also right around election season. So I was like, all right, bring in the bring in the politics, state of the Patriots. Let's figure out where this team is at and where they can go moving forward. So I broke it down into, you know, the AFC standings and the AFC playoff picture. And then I went into where the quarterback situation is at. And then I did a nice little SWOT analysis because I used to, before I was in the reporting business, I used to work in communications and you're always talking about strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, all that good stuff. So I turned it into football. So I went with that. And so 
when I did it last year, it was, you know, it was interesting and it was fun to be like, all right, this is where they're at in the AFC and this is how they get to the playoffs. And then when I'm writing it this year, I'm like, oh, the AFC East, they're in the bottom, the AFC, they're in the bottom. So let's just talk about the strengths and the weaknesses and kind of where they can build moving forward. So you kind of already mentioned it right there, Andy, at the top where they're at the bottom of the AFC East, they're at the bottom of the AFC. And right now they have the third pick overall in the 2024 NFL draft if the season ended today. So I guess if we want to, we can start there and then we can go into the the, the SWAT analysis after because look, if they have the third overall pick, they're gonna have they will have the option of a Caleb Williams, a Marvin Harrison Jr., or a Drake May. I think you need to have a top three pick in this draft. And I know it's only November, and I know we haven't gone through the combine. We don't have even the end of the college football season. But right now, those three feel like the three slam dunk picks uh, in this draft class. And so I look at it and I think, okay, if for whatever reason, one of the quarterbacks falls to three, you have to take one of those guys. I think it, it makes the most sense. We, we've talked about it as much as I've been a fan of Mac Jones, as much as I think he was more so has been a product of his environment here than he has been just a bad quarterback. It's over. It's done. You broke him. It doesn't really matter how we got here. It's over for him here. So take one of the quarterbacks. If you don't get your hands on the quarterback, you got to go with Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't want the tackle. I'm sorry. If you're at third, I don't want the tackle. And I know that's sort of, I guess, hypocritical of me because I've sat here and said that they ruined Mac because of the poor old line play and his internal clock sped up, yada, yada. But you need that that number one wide receiver more than anything. You need it in the NFL nowadays. Um, and you need it for whatever quarterback you might have next season to try and uh, get them on more track. So um, I guess that's sort of where we're at with the NFL draft order, um, number three overall, and you can get your hands on one of those guys. So we, we can start there. Okay, so let's start there because you're right. I know um, some button pushing has been happening in, in the clickworthy internet where – uh, Alt or the other tackle out of Penn State. I'm yeah, not... Fasano or Fashanu or yeah, whatever. Fashanu. Yeah, um, I am just, I could not be more against that because I think it's dated, flawed thinking that wasn't even great when it was a more popular theory. Um, Fisher went to the Chiefs, was not mm. a franchise changer. Jake Long went to the Dolphins, was not a franchise changer. We are in an era where the wide receiver position has become massively impactful on these teams. We're also in an era where to get a quarterback, I mean, I know there's been the Russell Wilsons, like those things, but you still need to draft a quarterback for the most part to get an elite quarterback. There aren't a ton of them available each year. And the same is true for wide receivers. These trades have been, so you have to trade something. Devontae Adams, yes, he was traded. You traded massive haul and then handed him massive money. Like you're, it's a double dip into your resources. Whereas right. tackle is still a position where you can just sign somebody. You can just sign a guy for $80 million with your cap space and fill mm -hmm. that void. You can't really do that with wide receivers. So quarterback and wide receiver to me have become the two most premium properties in the national football league. I think contracts show that where the wide receiver contracts are catching up kind of all mm -hmm. those other big deals. So yeah, if it's, if you're at three, which is obviously our hope to be as high as possible, because this will be the most fun for us leading up to the draft and into the draft. Yep. If you're at three, there's three guys that are going to get drafted in that range. In my opinion, it's 
Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Marvin Harrison Jr., and you take the one that's available to you. Right. Now, the thing that would get really interesting is Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr. Let's just say they're both on the board at three because somebody fell in love with the tackle at two, or I don't know, maybe, or or maybe Chicago ends up with one and two and takes, mm-hmm. they're not going to take two quarterbacks. Because, right. well, then they would have three franchise quarterbacks, technically, if they took yeah. two more. Um, but they could really change it if they have that Carolina pick and their own pick in the top two, which isn't where it is now. But I'm just saying if that's how it played out, um, that's a wild card here. If they if they want to go with Fields, if Justin Fields rips it up these next seven games, they still lose. This is This is very, very hypothetical. But they could go Marvin Harrison Jr. number one and a tackle at two. And then you still have the the pick right. of the litter at both quarterbacks. My guess yeah. is that in that situation, they would trade the number one pick True. for somebody who wants Caleb Williams. Fair. And that, and then they add future first round picks. And and you're right. If if they believe Fields is still a franchise QB, that's what they should do because they have right. the opportunity to take one guy, trade the other pick into multiple first round picks, and keep just stacking your roster with top five picks potentially moving yeah. forward. But from a Patriots perspective, yeah, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. or a quarterback. Like, I don't mm-hmm. – now, if they have the fourth pick, the fifth pick, the sixth pick, as you start to – like you Take the tackle at that point. Then I might be open to the tackle. I still don't love it because now I'm still like, wait a minute. Okay, I got a tackle. I, I am the firm believer that offensive line – okay, this is going to be a weird comment because we've seen offenses being ruined this year by bad offensive lines. But I still think it's overrated because I still go back to if you have the the, the pieces of skill players that are right, I think they mm-hmm. can overcome the offensive line. Because I go back to consecutive years, I listen to the Super Bowl where they tell me, oh, the Chiefs have a terrible offensive line and that's why they lost. Yeah, but they're in the Super Bowl. They're losing in <laughs> yeah, the right. Super Bowl. And the right. same thing with the Bengals. Yep. They have a terrible offensive line. That's why they lost. They got to go fix that. And they- in the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. They got all the way to the freaking right. Super Bowl. Yeah. So, and and I still am waiting for somebody to be like, huh, that team, their receivers aren't that good and their quarterback aren't that good, but their line is why they're in the Super Bowl. No one goes to the Super Bowl because right. your line is good. Like, get the, what is it, 1941 and you're just going to line up in three yards in a cloud? Get the hell out of here. It's very important to have consistency up front and it's very important to have like a decent scheme and a good coach to be able to coach it up and give your quarterback and running backs a chance. But you're right. I think the the system and the schematics of the offensive line is more important than the actual players along the front. And you need competency in the play. Correct. But yes. I, and maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I have dated thinking here, but like the days of getting Matt Light in the second round or getting Sebastian Vollmer in the second round and Joe Tooney in the fourth round. Right. Like if you get the right guy, I think you're, whereas, and, and I know people will say, well, yeah, DK Metcalf went and Debo Samuel. Like you can do the same thing at every position. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Patriots can't. They they can't. They've proven that when they take those guys in the second round, the third round, they all suck. Now, they took one in the first round and he sucked too. So Mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know. I just, this is why we're here and this is why we need a reset because they can't freaking draft. Right. And that's the bigger problem. But so I am very simply months away from it. Take the quarterback first or Marvin Harrison. Mm -hmm. And then if you take Marvin Harrison, you're still talking about the quarterback in the, 
second round, late yeah. first, finding that other guy. Um, okay, so Patriots, let's cross our fingers that they lose to the Giants and they continue mm -hmm. to lose, so they end up with a top three pick so they can get one of the three best players in the draft and we can all be excited on April 20, whatever date that is, and have a party. Yep, like it. All right, let's move on to the SWAT. Strengths, First of all, I need to tell people, I'm not familiar with SWAT. I'm, I This was new to me. I'm not... Okay. You know, there's a SWAT team with the police. That's a different thing. Um, so SWAT. So it's strengths, weaknesses, strengths. opportunities, threats, threats. Okay. Yeah. It's like a, a PR thing. So this is how PR I approach. Thing. Yeah. If I have a PR problem, I got to look, think about my SWAT situation right yes. off the bat. Okay. Exactly. Good to know. Yep. So um, instead of going into everything in detail, let's just go and I'll give you what I said for strengths. If you disagree, agree and give me anything else. Weaknesses, okay. we'll go through that way. So okay. the strengths of the Patriots currently, I have one, Christian Gonzalez, and yep. two, NFL prominence. Because I think that Gonzalez, you have um, a fringe CB1, I think a guy who is truly franchise-changing. I know we only saw three games with him, but he was awesome. He was one of the better cornerbacks in the entire sport. Um, and that's something you can build around. I think that's really the only locked-in piece you need to keep for the future anything else really i think is take it or leave it uh nfl providence i say because this is how they got here is what like they got here and now they're here and they are prominent in the nfl so i think that that is one of the things that will make ownership really want to turn this thing around because you know they just had the game in germany and robert Kraft took one of his home games away to make it global and he wants the patriots to be prominent in the NFL and they want to stay there. If they continue to lose like this, they're not going to be prominent in the NFL anymore. So I think ownership wants to keep them there. So that's really all I have for strengths of this team right now. I don't think they have much. I mean, you could argue a guy like Christian Barmore um, or like, yeah, that's really it. Like what are the strengths of this team outside of their prominent thing in the NFL? And then Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, I think it's relatively fair. Uh, it's, it's also sobering to some degree to say, wait, we have one player. We only have one player that we would mm -hmm. consider. And I, I think it's accurate. If you're going to say, now, Barmore would like to enter the chat, as the kids would say. I think he's played better. <laughs> you pulling that out. Let's go. Yeah, you know, you do enough <laughs> with Fitzy, you get these uh, yeah, weird fair. lines. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, because I think he's good. Mm -hmm. I always thought he was going to be really good. He might really be really good, but is he really a transformational? Like, I don't put him on the level. Christian Gonzalez, I think, could be one of the top five corners in football. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that is a legitimate possibility. Do I think Christian Barmore is Quinn and Williams? Like, a guy that can just dominate, can be a defensive player of the year. Aaron Donald, like, right. whoever those guys are in the middle of a defense not really. Like, I think he's probably that second tier, like really good, but I don't know if he makes you special. So I think it's probably fair to just say that. And then there's others like Ramondre Stevenson. Man, yeah. But that's funny. again, that's a, that's a running back that I like. I know you love Ramondre and I do yep. too. I think he's great, but take it or leave it interchange draft one. See you later. We've, we were probably saying similar things about Damian Harris at his point in this, in his career with the Patriots. Yeah. I like Stevenson more catches the ball too, more, but, and, but they're two and eight. He's been healthy all year. He has not been a difference maker for the right. positive for the most part. I mean, he ran really well last week against the Colts. I thought it was the closest thing to getting like classic Ramondre running people over like, but 
it is what it is. You still lost. You still scored six points. You right. still. So I, I, I think you are very fair in your assessment. Um, and then the second part, the prominence, you're right. We, we talk about this in relation to national media members, national TV broad, the way they treat the Patriots, the way mm -hmm. they talk about. They still have the shine of those six Super Bowl trophies in their eyes, like blinding them to some of the failures and the faults that have been here for three plus years now. And they're right. just finally noticing it because it's going to get ugly. It's going to get blown up. Um, so I do think they have that. How long you can retain that. I don't know. Like I've said this before, you don't want to become the Raiders that are, you know, one of their slogans was the team of the decades. And you're like, what decades were that? Right. Like 70 and 80? We're, yeah. we're well removed from that, buddy. Um, you don't want to be a Bears team that when you go to Soldier Field, the most popular jerseys are Walter Payton and Mike Singletary. You, mm -hmm. And you're tiptoeing in that direction. Now, again, I'm being dramatic. You know, it's only four years post Tom Brady, but you need to you need to stop digging and start digging out of the hole right. you're in. And to combine these two things, my classic jersey test. If you're a parent, Christmas is coming. Which jerseys yep. are you going to consider buying for your son? Gonzo. That's it. That's it. And that's that's alarming for a team that you used to have to pick between Brady and Gronk and Edelman and Brewski. Like, there were a lot of options that you'd yeah. be very confident buying, saying, yep, that guy's good. I like I'm that. Gonna... The jersey test. It. It's classic for me to take because, you know, all these sites do like players under the age of 25 and stars and this and that. To me, it's just who would you put one hundred and thirty dollars down right now if you're buying your son, your nephew, whoever, a jersey and feel like confident that it was right. a good present. There's no it's it's Gonzo and Gonzo has the weird thing. I still think he's going to be number zero at some point. Yeah. So his jersey might be out of date, even if you buy that one. If they if they change out the coach, he is absolutely going to number zero next. Hundred percent. So yep. they don't have a single jersey you can buy for Christmas. Pop zero. Demario. Um, maybe. I feel like that's one you feel good about when you get it, and then later you're like, I can't believe I got caught up in the moment. <laughs> I still, and as much as I like him, I still don't really put him as a strength of this team yet. Like at the end of the day. He's still a sixth round pick out of Liberty. And I know he's outperforming that and I get it. But like the fact that that's what we're talking about says all you need to know about the wide receiver room, which is one of my weaknesses, which we'll get to right now. Weaknesses of this team, Andy, I say it's the offensive line. Every wide Yeah. <laughs> offensive line, wide receiver room, head coach, which. I read my State of the Union last year, and he was one of my strengths in the last sentence. It was like, Bill Belichick Sucker. will never be a weakness of this team, and I wrote Sucker. it. Yeah, and so it, it's crazy, but that's where we are. And whether it's as a general manager or as a coach, he is a weakness of this team. And I didn't write this, but I thought about it as we were talking. Aging leadership is one of their weaknesses because – Matthew Slater's there saying the right things. David Andrews is there saying the right things. Bill Belichick is there trying to say the right things. When you're losing, it's not getting through to anyone. What they say, I don't think really matters anymore as a Patriot way. This is how we do things because we're losing and it's not working. And so they need to change it out, have new leadership and have a new voice in the room. I think that's what it comes down to here. So aging leadership is one of my other weaknesses. Offensive line, wide receiver, head coach and aging leadership aging leadership has been a concern for me for a few years because the the guys we just talked about none of you don't have any pillars 
You right. don't have any pill like Christian Gonzalez is not ready to be a pillar. That's not really fair to him. He's played three and a half games. And that's back. not who he is. He's not right. a he's not a talker. So and they don't have any of those guys. And I think if any one of these guys was more of that, it, if I were their agents, I'd be telling them to pretend. Like Kyle Duggar, you need to be more of a voice. I, mm. I think you could make money because I think they're so desperate for like a third to sixth year type player to be a leader moving forward to build around mm -hmm. that if you were that guy it might actually earn you a contract right now they yeah. might out of desperation have to sign you and say this is our pillar to build around, you around yeah Duggar isn't really that guy off the field nope. Barmore's not that guy off the field Stevenson I don't he talks a lot like he's at the podium but I'm not sure he's that guy like like vocal type yeah yeah and it's like Jabril Peppers I like too for that but right but he's like a weird like older like mercenary kind of brought in from elsewhere right I don't I'm trying to think and even the lineman on when who's not that I feel like any of that core group of guys that are like free agents to be in the next year or year plus None of them is the Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater, like, right. I play great. I also talk great. I'm the total package of a leader. And I think that's a problem. I really do. I, I think that's a problem for the, the direction of this team in the Patriot mm -hmm. way. Um, as far as the Belichick thing, like he'll never be a weakness. I think you were blinded by history I last was. year. Yeah. I think he's been a weakness for a couple of years now. Um, and when you say weaknesses, like it is kind of everything. I, I talked yeah. about it earlier. Quarterback, GM, and coach in all likelihood are going to be changed this year. Mm -hmm. That's massive. Like, yeah, you don't successfully do. Usually when there's a quick turnaround, some one of those or two of those is changed. Like maybe you have a great coach and a great GM and they finally find the quarterback. Or maybe you have the quarterback and they get rid of the boob of a coach. Like right. replacing all three of those in one offseason and expecting it to be like worst to first. This is the NFL. Anything can happen. You can go from the outhouse to the penthouse. I, I mean, sure. I, I guess there's probably examples. I, I probably should research this before I talk too openly about it. But No, but you're not. I mean, the fact that you can't think of one is, tells the story. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, Grady arrives. We needed the quarterback. He showed us how to win. We had the GM. We had the coach. We had the – whatever. Like, Belichick could arrive with the Chargers. Oh, we had the quarterback. We had the GM who put together a pretty good overall yeah. roster. We just needed the coach. You need all three. You, excuse me. Like that's not that's tough to do. Even with a top five pick, even with cap money, even with a smart owner. Right. And so I I think I think the whole damn thing is a weakness. Beyond again, uh, Christian Gonzalez, you nailed it. Christian Gonzalez and the logo, like the history. Yeah. Make sure literally. when you put the logo, use you know how they have a logo that's the. Elvis, but it has the six trophies behind it. Yeah, I would use that on every piece of oh, yeah. promotional material. Like, remind people we're still the Patriots. We yep. still have a lot of trophies. Like, we're still the crafts kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think weaknesses. Yeah, pretty much everything. Like, I even I didn't write quarterback, but like realistically, I should have. Like, you could talk about the special teams unit. You could talk everything. about yeah. So I mean, I guess you could. They got a good punter. I like Bryce Barron. Yeah, so do I. Yep. If you start doing promotional work based on your punter, it tells you how bad you are. Because remember, we used to mock teams that Belichick would start his Wednesday Wednesday press conference saying, um, "Johnny Hecker is a oh, weapon yeah. for them. They got some of the best kicks in." That means he thinks you stink as a team when yeah. you point out your punter as the first talking point. So 
the fact that we're talking about the punter as week one, one week one next year gillette stadium is going to be filled with christian gonzalez and bryce Barringer jerseys no kidding it's yeah. okay so now what's uh what's opportunities. the opportunities opportunities actually i can be positive about this portion i wrote two of them one of them was the high draft pick is an opportunity to succeed absolutely don't screw uh, that up, by the way, by like winning a few games and getting mm -hmm. it down to 10 or 12. Right. And the second one was now you have time to play the youngins. So you get to see what you have in Marte Mapu, Keishon Booty, Taekwon Thornton, uh, Antonio Mafi, Keon White, uh, even Demario Douglas. I'd argue that Demario Douglas, you know what you have and you can sit him down for the rest of the season because like, you know, you don't want to get him hurt. You don't want, want him to tear an ACL like Kendrick Bourne did. That kid can play. Um, but there's enough time, and you, you're not going anywhere. The wins and losses don't really matter. So let Mapu play every snap at the safety. Throw him in at linebacker. See what you got in this dual threat beast of a defender that everybody, including myself, thought was going to change the game for the Patriots. Um, Keon White, let him rush off the edge, especially with uh, Uche in a contract year and Judon out for probably the season. I don't see him coming back. Kayshawn Booty, Taekwon Thornton. Throw them out there on offense and see if you can build around them next year or if you need to cut your losses and say, Taekwondo, you're a bust, and Kayshawn, uh, you were a six-round pick for a reason. So there's opportunities to look at what you have on the young side of the roster. And then the draft pick, I think that's that's a major opportunity to completely overhaul and change the franchise. I also look at the Belichick trade as an opportunity in that because if you can get a second first-round pick out of him, then you have the third pick. If the season ended today, you have the third pick call it the 20th pick if it's the Chargers and the 35th pick with the second pick in the draft. That's three top 35 players. That's three more pillars if you get them right that you can build your team around and that just, you know, upstarts and rejolts the the rebuild that much more. So those are my opportunities. I think you can see what you got in your young players and then the draft coming up. Yeah, I absolutely love the idea of a first round pick for, um, for Belichick. Belichick. Yeah. Especially if he goes to a mid like Dallas or the chargers like mm -hmm. they should be in the middle of the round like yep. i don't think you're getting some people have floated say carolina like is carolina i know they don't have their pick this year yeah. i don't think they're giving up their first round pick next year for bill belichick no. um and i don't think he'd want them to because if i'm going there i want that pick sort of thing yeah but so um, that's the thing does he have say in that he does not have say like i think it's i a guess he could area. say that i don't want to go to that team yeah, he could not show up. He could do what Gronk did and just retire and yeah. avoid the trade. Um, but I also asked, and no one really, if Belichick legitimately has final say on all football matters at Gillette Stadium, couldn't he trade himself? Like, doesn't he get the say in the trade? Yeah, because that's a football matter until right. he's up until he's literally traded. So he, he's his own commodity. But that's a rabbit hole. I'm not sure we yeah. need to go down right now. Right. Um, so I would be looking for a first round pick. I think it's probably more realistic, a package of picks or picks and player, yeah. kind of like a second, a fifth, and, you know, some mid-level starting player or something you could. But I'm definitely, you want him. He's Bill Belichick. I can, right. internally, I can crap all over him and say he's lost his fastball and he's 71. You're you're getting the greatest coach of all time. That's how I'm looking at it from a 100%. shipping him out of town um, view. Then, the other thing, I, I love this. I started talking about this a couple of weeks ago. I blogged. I mean, one of my Sunday sevens was like, you. it's time to give these guys opportunities, figure yeah. out what you have, whether it's, I, I think the high-end guys, 
like Duggar, those guys who talk about leadership. How do you handle this? Are you a professional? Yeah. Are you all in? Do I want to pay you for that? Do you really show your character? The word that Matthew Slater used. Right. So I think that, but then the young guys, absolutely. And the guy that I think of first and foremost is Tyquan Thornton because two yep. weeks ago, Bill O'Brien was like, I really like this guy. All he needs is reps. He's been hurt. And since then he's got nothing but no reps. Like he hasn't yeah, played. He played one snap the other right. day, right? So yeah. What do we do? Your offensive coordinator is telling me the guy got has talent, but just needs to run routes in NFL games but you're not having him run routes in NFL games. He's that bad that he can't run a route in an NFL game in like a competitive situation. Like, so to me, he's, the and you know what I think too, that one snap from Taekwon, that was only so Belichick could say we played every active player. It could because be. He always says if he's active, he's playing it. If he didn't play, then they would have said, well, why didn't you inactivate him? He said, well, he played. And so that's, that's him posturing too. Just that's like him worrying else. about stupid stuff that, he shouldn't be worrying about instead of actually like doing the right things in the best interest of the football team. But exactly. Uh, I agree with you opportunity figure out. And it's also an opportunity. It's a weird world here, but like the next guy who's running the mm -hmm. team needs more information on Taekwon Thorn Thornton and right. Marte Mapu. Like he didn't draft him. So he never even liked him. He needs to figure out can, is this guy even somebody I want in the mix yeah, yeah, yeah. as I start right. to like reconfigure the roster? So yeah, absolutely. Right. All right. Threats, the threats that can continue to, uh, I guess, cut this team down as we continue on here. Uh, other bad teams. Uh, I think that the race to the bottom is almost harder than the race to the top because you're rooting for bad teams to win football games in this tankathon that we're watching. So um, I guess that's a threat in its own right because, okay, we're, we're sitting here and say, well, we're so bad and we want them to lose to the Giants, but the Giants are summing, starting Tommy freaking DeVito at quarterback this week, and he, he thinks just as much as Mac Jones and everybody else thinks. And so it's going to be a stink fest for the rest of the season. And if these teams can't muster up wins and the Patriots steal one again from Buffalo or something like that, then that's, that's a threat to your top draft pick. The final threat here, in my opinion, is Robert Kraft. Oh. What if he gets cold feet? And what if he looks back and says, you know, when he's mellowed out and not in the middle of watching his team get spanked in Germany, and when he sits back and he looks at everything, he says, okay, well, maybe we still give him one more chance. Maybe we still like Mac. Maybe I don't want to blow this thing up again. Maybe I don't want to hand it over to Jonathan yet. Maybe I just want to go status quo. So that's the other threat to me is him staying complacent and not wanting to let this thing that he's built for 20 years go. Um, he's not going to do something midseason. I think we know that. I think the final straw for that was this past Monday. This past Monday, spanked at the bye week in Germany. That would have been the time to part ways with Bill if they were going to do it midseason. Now, there's no like there's no chance they do it after these next seven games. Or within these next seven games. So once he sits back and there, I don't think it's going to be a black Monday firing either for him. So when he sits down and looks at it all, that's the other threat is, eh, it's not that bad. I still trust bill. You guys don't know what you're seeing on the outside. We know what's going on the inside. And he looks at all the goodwill and says, let's try it one more time. So that's the big threat for me is Robert Kraft getting cold feet. Yeah. That, um, to me, that would be the biggest threat of all, um, yeah. just wasting another year. Um, 
and you're right. You know, you fly back and you get a little further away because I think everybody used Robert's uh, big black puffy coat head hanging visual as like, oh, yeah. he's, he's realized now he has to do it. Like he knows what he has to do kind of thing. Yeah. But is it it's kind of like the Mac Belichick thing, like he emotionally benches Mac. Then does he get back here and realize like the other guys suck too? I got to put Mac back out there. I got nothing better than Mac to put like, does the emotion fade time heals all wounds kind of thing. And that would be the, in my opinion, you have to do it. You should have done it already. It's it's you already have wasted time. So I'm going to, I agree hundred percent with that. The other um, threat that I'm going to pose is sort of the mm -hmm. opposite of the, you are the Patriots is you could become the Browns. You could, yeah. um, is sort of, we want them to tank, but I've always been told by the Mike Lombardi's of the world, the fobs that like bill will never tank. And when you tank it, it's like a, a cancer that spreads throughout your organization. Losing is contagious. And so once you start losing, sometimes you can't get out of the losing cycle. Right. That would be a threat. Like, do you just continue to be what we mocked for years teams that can't find a quarterback can't find a coach can't find a gm you're turning it over every two to three years once you enter that once you're in that like clothes dryer and you're like you're tumbling around and you yeah. can't pull out of it that would be a threat to me even though the patriots have never really been that historically even when they like people point back to the early 90s well the early nineties took place between a trip to the Super Bowl in 1986 and a trip to the Super Bowl in 1996. So right. you bottomed out, but only in a five year kind of span. And then you were back. They've been great every decade, every, I say mm -hmm. this all the time. Like, even though we say the old days of the Patriots, like the sixties went to the AFL title game, the seventies in the mid seventies, they were considered one of the best teams in football. It's, it's crazy to a lot of people that they never made it to a Super Bowl. The 80s, you went to Super Bowl. The 90s, you went to Super Bowl. 2000s, you're a dynasty. So they've avoided the 10, 15, 20-year, oh, my, you know, the shirt wow. with all the yeah. quarterbacks on the back. They've avoided that. Right. There's always the threat that you get in that world and you become one of those teams. And it, that's a scary proposition to, to really say, like, that could happen where you were once the measuring stick for greatness. Could you fall into that mucky muck right. failure? But – um, the Robert Kraft one is interesting. I don't, I don't fear it personally. I think he, I think there was a resignation in his face and mm -hmm. reality. This has to happen. And I go back to, they all have these regrets. I, Red Arbuck always talked about, he kept the original big three together too long. He had a trade, yeah. I think for McHale that he turned down. Cause he thought one more run with the big three would work and it didn't, they fell apart. They got hurt. Um, so I think there's always that hesitancy, but I think Robert has worked through that hesitancy for the last year, two years, and now realizes, I want to win. I'm 80. Right. I want to win. I don't have a ton of time left. In a, if he were a little younger. And he probably wants to set up Jonathan for success as well. Right. So if he were a little younger and Bill were a little younger and the things were different, maybe one more year would be um, right. realistic, but I think he's going to pull the trigger. I do. I, I, yeah, I think I so. I have faith. I think and I do too. And I, that's how I wrapped up the state of the union is okay. We're here. It's not fake. It's real. This is where we sit. There's something freeing. And I said it yesterday on our mailbag episode that this might just be my, my sick brain talking, but there's something freeing about bottoming out, bottoming out yep. and not 
pretending and not thinking that, oh, maybe we can salvage this. No, it's done. We need to reset it. Yep. Let's do it. Let's have fun with it. Let's me and you and Fitzy and everybody on the six rings and let's do mock drafts out the out the rear and let's talk about Caleb Williams and let's talk about the next head coach and let's write a million blog posts about five GM candidates and five OC because it's changing. So let's enjoy it. And that's kind of how I right. conclude where we are with the state of the Patriots. Um, we've gone on here for about an hour, Andy, but if you want to, we can quickly run through the report card. Let's do it. I'll Bang give it you out. my grade. We'll bang it out. See what you disagree and agree with, and you can give your grade as well. So quarterbacks, D minus. Um, Is that too high? I feel like it's just an F. Actually, no, yeah. no, no, no. You're right. D minus. And I'm going to give okay. Matt credit for being professional and even keeled behind the microphone, whether it be at the podium, for the most part, some passive aggressive jabs aside. But for the most part, I think he's done a pretty good job of staying, even this week, uh, cool, calm, and collected. As yeah. I joked, if he was as cool, calm, and collected on the field as he is dealing with questions from Adam Jones, he'd be a better quarterback, but he is not. So, yes, D minus. I like it. Okay. Uh, running backs, B plus. Which was that? Running backs. No, 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 but B plus? Oh, B plus. Okay. I didn't know it was B or D. I wanted to make sure. No, B plus. B plus. I would probably go lower. I would probably go C. Um, okay. Some of this is emotional. I'm a Ramondre Stevenson guy. I don't think he's had a great year. I thought for a portion of time, he was broken by the offensive line and started looking and pitter pattering and like being indecisive instead of just hitting the hole, not his fault. There weren't always holes there, but so I would go see for the running backs, uh, Ezekiel Elliott though. He actually brings the grade up a little bit. I think he's done a really nice job. Well, that's kind of where I'm at is Zeke's done well. And I think that over the last two weeks, they've sort of established a running game a bit too. Ramondre looks to be his old self. So that kind of, that kind of spiked the grade into the B's a little bit. All right. Wide receivers. D minus. Yeah. Kendrick Bourne was good for a while. Yep. Demario Douglas is promising. Everybody else stinks. So they bring it up to a D minus because it's not, it's not bad, bad, bad across the entire board. Yeah. When I, when I think of Kendrick Bourne, unfortunately got hurt. I'd actually go a little higher because I like Kendrick Bourne tomorrow. I'll just go a flat D no minus necessary, but the Devante Parker, Juju Smith Schuster end yeah. of the spectrum is like F minus. Oh my God. Jalen Rager trying to bring him back. The Jalen Rager thing blows my mind because that's a guy who, was a first round pick and was with the Eagles and the Vikings, two teams that know how to evaluate yep. wide receiver talent. They both decided, oh no, he's a bust. He's gone. Yep. And the Patriots were like, no, we can bring him in. Like, no, he's not that good. Sorry. Actually, um, all right. D minus because I forgot about okay. Thornton. Tyquan Thornton. Oh, yeah. What are we doing there? He drags it down too. So we got old stiffs and young stiffs. D minus. Okay. Um, tight ends. D plus. Uh, I, yeah, D plus my guy, Farrow Brown is the reason they're right. a D plus love him. Um, your guy, Mike Kosicki, who I told you was the most overrated player on the team has proven to be the most overrated oh, player on the team. Um, although Juju Smith Schuster has entered that chat, uh, <laughs> you're two guys, two big, <laughs> two big bust, uh, bust of, uh, free agent acquisition. And Hunter season. Henry Juju is just, Kosicki. he's fine. He's a good yeah. player. Like he's overpaid. He's not, you're not getting return on a $12 million per year investment, but mm -hmm. yeah. So D plus, I like it. All right. Offensive line D minus. Uh, yeah. 
Mike Onwenu kick out has kind of given them a little bit more. Trent Brown's been okay, but yeah. it's the reason that they're kind of in this spot. Connor McDermott, Vidarian Low, like I don't know. I went D minus. Okay, I'll I'll give you. I mean, I think your inclination or mine is to like start at an F and then talk myself out of it for almost every. <laughs> yeah, session. right. Um, so I, I'll give you that. I, I still think Cole Strange is a a net negative as a guy that was a first round pick who should be a foundational piece who isn't who I don't, I still don't think he's all that good. And I know people love to say, Oh, well, he was drafted for this and they were going to do all right. the zones that like, I don't care. You still have to be able to block a man who weighs 320 pounds. And I don't see that right. often enough from him. Um, right. Okay. I'll go, I'll go D plus there. I'll go D plus. Right. Mike on when is a uh, savior for that unit. Fair. And David Andrews is continue, has Solid. continued to be Mr. Consistent. Another guy I feel bad uh, for when he has to talk at the podium every week and kind of yeah. answer all the crappy yeah. questions from us idiots. Defensive line, B+. plus. Yeah, that, that's a good group. Um, mm -hmm. Was expected to be a good group, and it's kind of lived up to it. Barmore has returned from the injury, riddled sophomore disappointment season. Um, I would say Keon White has not been quite as good as I think people expected him to be. Dietrich Wise has been fine. So, yeah, I think that's a solid grade. If you're looking for a positive area of the team, that would be the, one of the few positive areas of the team. All right. My highest grade of the report card, linebacker, A-. I've been impressed with their linebackers this year, especially for what they were supposed to be. Bentley's been consistent. Yep. He's their leading tackler. Jelani Tavai. Looks really good. Um, I'm very impressed with Jelani Tavai. And I guess if you want to loop, you know, Uche and Judon and Anthony Jennings, Jennings. into linebacker, yep. which technically they're linebackers, they've all been pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, Judon was third, but great. He's hurt, but he was on course for another Pro Bowl season. Jennings has definitely shown potential and stepped up into a larger role and been pretty good. Um, Bentley, I always think Bentley... Bentley to me is like the Hunter Henry at linebacker. Like he's good. He's solid. Yeah. He can get exposed at times. You're never going to be able to ride him to victory or success, but you're worse when he's not on the field kind of thing. And my guy Tavai, sure. I, I love Tavai. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm okay with it. It's probably a little bit optimistic for a team as bad as they are overall, but Hey, we're I got to sneak my optimism in somewhere. somewhere so I might as well tough. do it with it's, the linebackers. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. All right. Cornerbacks, Andy. C, right in the middle, because on one, and it might be a little high, but on one hand, you do still have Christian Gonzalez, a guy who has been a baller. He was a baller. He brings the room up that much more. Yeah, so I go with him. I look last a month and a half ago, so I feel like <laughs> that's fair. He's an incomplete. I guess you give him an incomplete. So that's fair, though. Gonzalez is the A, and the J.C. Jackson, Jack Jones saga is an F. I wish there was an F minus because you could give it an F minus. It's bad. I'm surprised Jack JC is still here. So because of those highs and lows, I put him right at a C. Miles um, Bryant, I guess, is meh, and Sean Wade is meh. So I guess as I sit here and talk about it, I guess I can move it down to a C minus. But I think it's kind of right in the middle because the highs are highs and the lows are lows. Yeah, I would go more D because I think yeah. um, prior planning prevents piss poor performance, as my high school coach used to say. And I think the planning at this position was pretty piss poor. Um, they even were fortunate that Gonzalez was as good as he was right out the gates against right. massive challenges. Um, that's not always a foregone conclusion just because you take the guy in the first round that's supposed to be NFL ready. Um, 
the rest of it, the Jack Jones being beholden to him, JC Jackson emboldening him, they just not not good enough. I think this was a mismanaged position. Um, the mm -hmm. one upside I will say is I think we're seeing flashes. We should see flashes. He's in what his third season. Sean Wade of I said this to Fitzy, like, I think maybe the guy's a safety. I think maybe yeah. he should be in the Miles Bryant role because I'm not a big Miles Bryant guy. I know they love him mm -hmm. and whatever. He's fine. He competes. He tries. But um, I think there could be a future for Sean Wade in that hybrid safety corner, nickel type role, free yeah. safety. I think there's some upside there. But overall, I think the position's a debacle, so I'll give it a D. I like it. All right. Two more. Safeties. B minus. Um. Yeah, I, I love Will Peppers, Kyle Duggar, really good. Adrian Phillips, Jalen Mills, meh. Yeah, I still don't really understand what happened with Jalen Mills. I thought for sure he would have a role as like the 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 free safety. He really hasn't yeah. hasn't been great. Um, Marte Mapu, I would add in here, hasn't played really all that much. True. Has not been a revelation when he is on the field. He's been exposed a little bit. Um, certainly against Miami, that was the case with he and JC. Um, but Peppers has been, to me, one of the best players on the team when you encompass yeah. everything, leadership, energy, playmaking. Julius Peppers, a throwback. Uh, Jabril Peppers, not Julius. Jabril Peppers, yeah. uh, a throwback talent. And I think Duggar's been good. I've kind of accepted that Duggar is never going to be great, that he's never going to mm -hmm. be a top handful of safeties in the NFL. I think some people thought that was the, the, the all-pro trajectory. Yeah, I don't hey. think he's an all-pro. Pro Bowl caliber, not all pro caliber, probably at some point. Um, he's He's been fortunate. Some quarterbacks have just flat out thrown him the football and hit him in the chest. He catches it. That's great. Um, yeah. So what was your grade? What was your B minus? Yeah, I would say B minus is probably fair. C plus, B minus in that range there. And, and Pepper right. helps out a lot. Yeah, I think so too. All right, let's do the specialists. Um, I went with a C minus. Oh. I think. I think why I think that's low. I don't know. My guy Beringer. What doesn't he bring it up? He I, so that's Beringer and Ryland bring it up. They look like solid specialists, but like Slater and Brendan Schooler, guys who are supposed to be the epitome of we strive on the one third of the game, and there's three phases, and we love the three phases in the in the Patriots, and they haven't been that good. They've made boneheaded mistakes. They've made silly plays. They get penalized, and Chris Board who's been active for 10 games. I don't even know. I don't think I've ever even seen him on the, on the field. Like, nope. I don't think he makes mistakes. I just, if you asked a random person walking down the street who calls themselves a football fan, you said, what team does Chris Lord played for? They'd have no idea. Nope. And that's a guy that Bill never Belichick said was one of the best players in the NFL. Right. One of the best specialists. Yeah. One of the best players in the NFL. And he's been, non-existent i didn't even know he actually plays for the team but he's right. been active every week so i think it's a c minus i think that that's a unit that that's, they usually pride themselves on and it hasn't been anywhere close to that so yeah you're, you're probably that's right the report card the more i think of it yeah. um you lose marcus jones to injury so you lose a potential right. big play there um Beringer has been getting better and better and better like trending in the right direction yeah he's a he's a stud ryland i think will be okay but he's had his misses i think that's what a rookie kicker is it happens with rookie kickers right. like there's an experience level there um, and yeah, the specialists, we talk about it in the summer, like they spend so much time by themselves doing so much and it just hasn't paid off enough, right. um, for them and Joe Cardona, some sneaky, bad snaps early. Yeah, in the year. true, true. I didn't even write that. Yeah, yeah. I think he, 
I want to say he led to a Ryland miss and a Beringer shank early in the season. So yeah, um, who's he's one of the highest paid long snappers. He's supposed to be the stable part of that operation. Because of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't the Patriots have the highest paid long? Out of Navy, it is kind of a cliche. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll go C minus. That, that's a solid grade. That's that's probably all right. Class dismissed. Class that's dismissed. the report card. Those are your grades. Hopefully the grades can improve slightly over the second half of the uh, semester here as seven games yet to play. We hope that was an entertaining, informative, honest, yeah. at times probably too honest, uh, cutting with a hatchet rather than a scalpel. The truth is never mean, Mr. Hart. You tell me that every single day. You nailed it. The truth is never mean. The Patriots are two and eight. They have the third pick in the draft if it were to happen today. Um, there's big picture questions for Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, Matt Groh, everybody on the roster. That's where we are this November. He is Mike Cadlick, WEI.com. If you want to read a little more in-depth on either the state of the team or the report cards, those are available now over on WEI.com. If not, we will be back later in the week here on the Six Rings and Football Things feed. I believe we're going to have Paul Perillo and Mike Giardi join the chat for another just perspective on the midseason State of the Patriots. Mike Giardi's been big on the reporting that Mac Jones has lost the locker room as well as control of the football when it leaves his hand and ends up with the other team more often than it should. Yep, um, not great. So Paul Perillo, Mike Giardi, Fitzy, myself, we'll be back. For Mike Cadlick, I am Andy Hart. This is Six Rings and Football Things. Please, we ask one thing. The Patriots may stink, but please stay loyal to the Six Rings feed. Over the second half oh, yeah. of the season, we'll continue to try to inform entertain and keep this ship moving towards the finish line which isn't january's finale against the jets no 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 the finish no. line of this ship is next april the nfl draft and that's what we need to focus on the pain of the present will be a fun future hopefully peace out i like it mr hart bye guys <laughs>